SEO is a constantly evolving strategy. And when you think that you finally got a good grasp of it, it changes in unexpected ways. I'm Lia Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media, and this is In Camera Podcast, where we are always learning SEO. podcast private legal marketing conversation grace we made it it's november welcome how are you oh i'm great how are you i think great grace i think great you know it's november 6th the day that we're recording this a lot has changed since last since the last time we had a conversation but a lot hasn't really right and so we're gonna i guess focus on what's under our control and what we can have an impact on grace and that's having good content about legal marketing grace and i want us to talk about something that i was reviewing a few days ago and i think we kind of like reached that time in the year grace you know which time of the year that is what's that it's the time of the year when we started doing the 2020 lessons learned <laughs> reflections so, exactly right and very soon, we're going to get to the time of the year where we're going to have start having the conversations about things to look up for 2021. So without being said, Grace, we're going to have a little conversation, not very technical, but still very insightful about what have been the things that we've learned about SEO in 2020, Grace. So how does that sound? Sounds great. Let's get it rolling. <laughs> Excellent. But before we jump into that, Grace, I want you to give us a quick flash update on what's happening right now with Boy Scouts, which I know, <laughs> I know it's coming to a point where it's just about to reach the deadline, correct? Oh, yes, correct. It's consuming my life right now, as you well know, and as we talked offline, until November 16th, the official deadline, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, you know, for us, we were stopping taking in any new claimants on the 9th and then, you know, all of the claim forms and all of that that has to get filled out, which is a 12 page claim form, by the way, it's very, very lengthy and, you know, it takes some time to have it filled out by the claimants. But yes, officially the deadline is November 16th to file with the courts for Boy Scouts at this time. Right, Grace. So we are seeing a very uh, strong last push. You can feel there is a lot of interest to uh, make this lot push yield results. So a super interesting fact for you, because I know how much we like the numbers, right? Um, even though um, there certain advertisers are not pushing those with that were initially or have landing pages that have been around for a while, let's say, um, you know, like Boy Scout, et cetera, et cetera, lawsuit, mm -hmm. um, those, uh, they're still getting organically pushed traffic on its own without the funds being behind them, like you might normally put behind pay-per-click or, you know, Facebook ads or whatever, they're finding them. Um, so people are finding them on their own and still filling them out and quite a bit, I might add. Yeah. And you know what? It makes sense because there's been quite a bit of awareness around this particular one. I think it's fair to say that uh, there has been enough momentum going on for it to also have significant organic traffic. So yeah. um, that's actually good to hear. 
from those who took the right steps and got to also show up organically. That's wonderful. And interesting there that you said, because uh, sometimes, yes, indexing landing pages can be a good move because you may be able to uh, not just use them for pay-per-click, but also generate some organic traffic. And Grace, with that being said, we're going to talk a, a little bit now about seven lessons that were learned about SEO in 2020. Okay, Grace? And I'll start with the first one, right? And I love it. I really, really love how uh, Search Engine Journal goes about initiating this list by saying, guys, focus on the here and now. Right. Right. Basically, one thing that they say here and the opening of the article and they make it their point number one is that many times SEOs, particularly when we're talking about technical things, obsess way too much about things that are expected to have a very meaningful impact in the future and kind of like miss out on focusing on what is actually having traction and generating results right now. And so in, a, in the attempt of optimizing for the future, we may not be concentrating on what's actually working right now. Grace, what do you think? Yes, 100%, Leo. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times people are focusing on the next Google update as opposed to actually producing what the user wants instead of thinking about Google and how they're going to change whatever it is they're doing. So yeah, I agree with you completely. I think you, you focus too much on what's next rather than this is what's working. Let's focus on that and then plan for what's next, but not throw all my eggs in that basket of, oh my goodness, I have to make sure I'm on point with the very next Google update. Well, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, just like we said with the landing pages, right? And indexing and all of that stuff, that will come because you don't have to worry necessarily about not necessarily, right? And, you know, because we're all about Google updates too, um, but not necessarily have to worry about what's coming next per se, except to plan for it. Yeah, absolutely, Grace. So, you know, that's kind of like a good moral in general for life, right? It's true. You're, you, we're all the time running around and trying to think of what's coming up next and so that we tend to forget about the here and now and not to appreciate the moment in which we are. That applies also for SEO and I appreciate these being brought up as point number one. Now, point number two, Grace, this is something actually that we just a couple of weeks ago were having a very, very in-depth conversation about and it's that Google has become a lot stricter about what content it indexes. You know what, Grace? It's absolutely true. And that's what that's exactly what we were talking, as I've said, just a few weeks ago with uh, Ryan Klein. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen because it's all about uh, content marketing. But the point here is that we've been taking for granted Google crawling capabilities and bots and think that just because of the sake that we're creating content, Google is going to bother to use their resources to index it, right? right? And one thing that we're learning now is that not the fact that you're creating content means that it actually is going to get indexed, which obviously means it's not going to get to rank, right? In other words, Google is getting very strict about what they consider to be quality content and what they're actually going to invest uh, resources for indexing it. So going back to the same principles that we've discussed a few weeks ago, Grace, don't just do cookie cutter content. Don't do uninspiring content. 
do content that is original, that is relevant for the search intent of the user, that are specific to your market, that actually help people who could be searching for the search terms that you're actually uh, going after. What do you think? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's all about user intent, right? I mean, Google has only been saying that from day one. I mean, that's why they had a blank page with Google uh, as a box. That's their whole point is to make it uncluttered and user friendly. And your content needs to do the same. You know, are, are they staying on your content? You know, are they reading it? Are they bouncing or not? So yeah, Google over, I mean, however long they've been out, I couldn't tell you at this point, I have to go look at the date of establishment, but as long as they've been out, they've continuously improved their algorithmic process to serve up what the user wants. And with the latest update and with all of the semantic learning and AI and all that technical stuff that's involved in what they do, at this point, you can't put out garbage. Garbage is not, it's not gonna get any type of information and cookie cutter content is not, garbage excuse you know saying that but it, it might as well be because you're producing content that it's not going to get ranked it's not going to get looked at and you're basically spending time and money on something that you don't need to yeah grace and another thing here that is very important to mention about the content that you're creating because sometimes it's just not just enough to create great quality content but it's also the sources that you're referencing and also what other pages in your website are you linking to right? Uh, which, as we all know very well, help Google to better understand your site as a whole. So, Grace, these are very important elements that start from a very general concept that is create quality content and then also have a very technical side to it. But I think, you know, for the sake of having a, an, an a lesson to be learned here is, yes, I mean, content needs to be there with a purpose. Now, Grace, on that same note, point number three is actually a very interesting one, right? And quite frankly, this one has been kind of like in every one of these lists, I think, for the past two or three years, because it goes back to promises about artificial intelligence. But the reality is that things are really getting Better. And so here's what they say. It says GPT-3 is going to change content creation dramatically. Now, for those who don't know what GPT-3 is, well, it's basically AI software that takes ideas and draft, draft them as content. In other words, you can expect in the near future to be able to generate content through artificial intelligence. But here is the kicker, Grace. The idea of how this is going to work is that there will be software that we will help you if you may create the first draft of your content, and then you'll still have to go in to make tweaks and revisions and adjustments to further personalize it, humanize it, and to really make it stand out. So it's not going to be 100% AI-created content, but it's going to is a lot of the work and the effort that goes into creating content. So that's, I think it's extremely interesting and definitely worth for us to explore these particular tools and softwares that are out there uh, on a standalone episode, but definitely something that is becoming more used as a whole in the digital world. And as you go through the article, uh, Grace, it actually, uh, it's interesting because this same software is, has gone and been used in other platforms like Reddit and such to write down comments and opinions that have tricked other users into believing 
that these are actually created and generated by real users, when in reality, they are bots. What do you think? Yeah, I, I actually, I read through the Reddit uh, post that we're, you're referring to, um, and the bot that kind of went crazy, I guess, and like a, one post every minute for 3 million users in the subreddit on there. It was kind of crazy. I would just read through it very quickly. And I see that this AI bot was, wasn't picked up until, you know, a good, like maybe thousands of posts that they had done and people were responding to them and, you know, people were interacting with the bot as if it was a real live human being. And so that's, yeah, that's really insane that they're able yeah. to do that. Absolutely. And so that's, you know, we've heard and known about these bots, right, to be used more so as spam and not very productive ways, if, if you're thinking from a user standpoint. But this same technology can be used to actually make uh, businesses more creative and productive about their content. So again, you know, what they are saying here is that while, while we do not anticipate for content to the content creation to be fully automated, it's still gonna make the process. It's gonna it's gonna simplify the process, and that's really I think the takeaway here about how these tools can help and will change and have an impact. Now, Grace, let's talk about featured snippets, right? Uh, which is another very talked about thing here in this podcast, particularly when we've gone to talk about uh, SEO. Feature snippets seem to continue dominate uh, the search page results. Like we see them every time more frequently. And here are some interesting things that we can expect to see over the next few months and potentially over the next year and as things move along. So feature snippets now can be many other things. It's not just text, right? This could be portions of a video, uh, of, of a video, it can be a photo. It can actually um, be a combination of multiple options from different pages. And so Google shows you on the search results page an actual summary, if you may, of different information gathered from different pages. Now, Grace, as we all know, this for many seems a little bit like a thread because you no longer get users to click and visit your site because at times they can just gather the information they need just from uh, the search results page. However, just like we've talked about it in the past, you know, um, there there is still a source from where this information comes from. And that still gets cited on the featured snippet. So there is still value there and there's still an acknowledgement. And while I understand the frustration with not being able to get users to your site as we once could more consistently, it still gives you uh, some exposure. What What's your take on this, Grace? Yeah, so I, I personally, as a user, and as even in the article, it says, I kind of like the featured snippets because if I want to, then I'll click in. But generally speaking, I get the information or the answer to the question that I asked right then and there in that featured snippet. And as even the article states, it, it says, you know, Sometimes they're going to start combining multiple passages from different sources so that it combines it into one single answer. In that case, you know, it's great for me as a user, but yeah, I could see the frustration of people, you know, as to in terms of them serving up content that might or might not ever get clicked on. But 
you know, like you said, it's still content served up from somewhere. And if it's getting featured in a featured snippet, well, then your content is getting ranked and it's getting ranked pretty well. So you will get some kind of connection from the user, I would think, you know, because I know I like to, if I have a very in-depth question and I get a good answer, I will click on the featured snippet and then I will read the full long form article, content, whatever it is, or video, because I'm interested in that content. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Grace. So I think it's kind of like uh, you win some, lose some kind of situation. But here's my point in the way I see it is that uh, particularly looking at law firms, right? Someone who is satisfied with whatever informa information comes up on the featured snippet was someone that potentially was anyhow not going to convert on your page, right? So Again, it's still ideal to be able to take users to your site, to be able to then track them and market to them as they continue their journey. But I still think that it doesn't necessarily impact the very high intent users who are actually looking to get in touch with you. Those ones are still going to get captured either by your Google My Business or by your website. They will still end up going to the website, just as you've said. So that's with regards to featured snippets. Now, let, let's move on to the next one, which is number five, Grace. And this one, I actually like a lot, right? Um, there's no one truth when it comes to your rankings. And this one, um, it, as someone from an agency, is one of those things that you cannot explained enough to your clients. Before rankings were more, it was more systematic, right? It was more, it, 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 you could understand that in a, in, in a more uh, simple way. Now there's so many different factors, particularly local factors and personal data that goes into rankings uh, on the search results page that what you're seeing one day may not necessarily be reflective of what's going to be there the following day or what's showing up for another user in a slightly different location in that same city, right? Things are adjusting and modifying. So what rankings are in reality is a snapshot of where you are at a certain time for a particular type of user. And while it's still important and very valuable information that needs to be tracked and ranking trackers still need to be used and implemented in SEO strategies, it's not as black and white as it was before. What are your thoughts on that, Grace? I don't think anything is as simple as it was before, right? I mean, not just having to do with Google's updates, not just having to do with the current situation and the way everything is in our world, but just in general, the only thing that's constant is change. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Grace. And I think, you know, ranking factors are very important, but that's that's why tracking conversions, tracking users on your website, having other ways to actually understand what's happening uh, with visitors on your site is potentially more important than just understanding where are in your rankings. Right. right? Uh, of course, of course, you know, having the certainty that you're consistently showing position number one on keywords that you care a lot about in your market is going to be reassuring. And it's fair to assume that it's going to be leading to new cases slash more clients. But you can still know very well 
how many clients you're actually generating from your website, how many are converting, how many are coming from different sources, organic paid or such, right? right? So you can actually still know what areas you need to optimize, whether it's on your pay-per-click, on your SEO. And when you're talking about your SEO, you can also go back to your search console, look at the search terms, look at the pages where people are going to, and also correlate that information with analytics and understand, right? Kind of like figure out which are the keywords that are getting you the most valuable or highest intent leads that are ending completing a call to action. So again, understanding where you are particularly on the search results page in terms of ranking, it's valuable, but it's not the ultimate or definitive data point to understand and and measure the the value of your um, strategy. So Grace, let's move on, okay? Well, I want to make one comment about that because you always talk about that. You're always talking about looking at different sources and using multiple sources to get the data, the best data that you can at your fingertips at all times. And you're always talking about transparency and you should be transparent with your own data. And so I completely agree with you because that's honestly, that's what you always say. You're always like, you can't rely on Google ranking. You can't rely on this or only that or only this. It's about combining all the different sources and making sure you have a full view of how you get the traffic, how it converts, and what's actually working and what's not, right? Yeah, Grace, I think sometimes, you know, it's fair to to, to think and say that if you are ranking position number one for certain keywords, that those are going to generate visitors to your site. And then potentially those visitors who are coming there because these are high intent keywords are likely to convert. Basically, you do have to look at the entire user journey, not just at your ranking numbers. Because when you're just looking at your ranking numbers, but you're not necessarily looking at your conversions, and when you're not looking at how many of those conversions are actually turning into into cases, you're basically just focusing on a vanity metric, which is, you know, my organic search rank. And you may be ranking great, but you may not be generating conversions. And so that's uh, pointless. Unlikely for someone who is ranking consistently in position number one, not to generate conversions, but you cannot you cannot be certain unless you're actually tracking this information. Now, great, um, here we have number six, consistently sending the right signals is key. And so to, this go back to being a little bit more on, on the technical side of things. How are you indexing? How are you programming your website? More of the backend work that happens on your SEO strategy. And, you know, not to get here way too technical, Grace, but just a good reminder that SEO is, in a way or another, like a car. You, Your website is the car in which you're actually traveling, but the back end, right, all of the technical side of things is the engine and all of the parts that are not visible to us, but that they are making the journey smooth and efficient and taking us somewhere. And so I guess this is a very good acknowledgement that you can have very good intentions, good content. You can have a lot of good things going on for you. But if the way that you are structuring your website and the way that you are signaling to Google about what is it that you have in terms of content is not good, you're still going to end up where you started, which is with no traffic. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's always about 
making sure that everything is the way it needs to be um, on the back end, right? I mean, that's probably the easiest way of phrasing it without getting too technical. Um, and the one thing to note, and you know, I'm, I'm seeing this and I have noticed this, especially during COVID and everything, Google's done a lot of things where they kind of stopped or slowed down certain things, right? Where like the Google My Business postings, they kind of stopped like refreshing them, except unless it was a COVID post that, you know, saying if you're open or not. And then, you know, like they're saying here that they stopped the uh, indexing, you know, how you normally could click a button in the search console and just say index my content. Well, they've kind of deactivated that temporarily. So you do have to make sure that your stuff is set up right um, from the get go. And if it's not, then you need something to fix it because Google won't understand what you're trying to serve up to the user. And if it doesn't understand it, meaning back end stuff, then it's not going to do it, right? Why would it? Yeah, absolutely, Grace. Totally on point there. So, Grace, we have one last point here. And I also like it a lot, particularly as a closing one, because it's a, great, it's a great reminder, right? And it's even Google suffers from serious bugs, right? <laughs> and you've actually mentioned here a few incidents where uh, Google may just be letting you down. And we've heard and seen many different instances throughout the year where Google has just some technical issues, right? And, you know, we've seen it before your rankings can completely vanish from one day to the other. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to come back. But during that down period, you can suffer. And so for me, really, more so than focusing here as to why is it that Google has serious bugs, I much rather focus here on to why you cannot put all your eggs into one single basket. And you have to have a multi-channel or omni-channel strategy so that you can continue being visible and having sources for new leads, even when Google's algorithm is having some sort of issues, right? Or even when Google My Business is deciding for whatever reason to temporarily suspend your uh, listing or whatever the case may be, right? Or Google, or Google Ads, for whatever reason, decided to stop your campaigns because there was a payment issue. You know, you cannot necessarily know what will trigger here a not intentional error, but it could still dent your campaigns or your law firm's ability to generate more leads if you are solely depending on one source. So for me, that's kind of like more so like the takeaway of this particular point. What do you think, Grace? I definitely, you know, you and I usually agree on most things, I'd say. <laughs> we have differing perspectives or insights, but we definitely agree on most things. And that includes everybody has a problem at some point, right? You can't, nothing is perfect. And that includes Google. And so you have to do your best to keep up and or notifications or just have some kind of method in place. Same as disaster recovery, right? And business uh, recovery, certain things like that. It's the same with your website, the same with your digital data, the same with Google and I've had that problem. I've had a manual spam action placed on the website before. Um, I was able, because I had notifications in place and I had a notification of exactly what it was that had caused the manual spam action, I was able to address it, re-index and get it fixed and removed within a day during Christmas yeah. time, you know, 
literally December 23rd yeah. to the 24th. So I know you and I have talked about that before when I had that problem. So yeah, no, I mean, even Google suffers from serious bugs, yeah. as the article says. So you just need to do your best to mitigate that as best as you can, but also know this stuff happens. Absolutely, Grace. That's absolutely. Um, your machines, things break, things get messed up at times. But as you said, the important part is actually knowing how to react and at the same time have contingencies in place so the damage is not terrible. Grace, I think we are good to come up with our own takeaways, right? I mean, it's fair to say here that each one of these seven points is a takeaway on its own, but let's summarize and make it uh, three actionable takeaways, Grace. So number one, what would you say? I'm going to go a little backwards because I know one of the last points for me is stands out a little bit, and that is kind of what we are always talking about. Make sure that you are planning for the future, but working for today. Um, yeah. And to me, that ties right in with the consistently sending the right signals is key, honestly, because if you're planning and you're planning correctly, that's part of your planning is the voice of your company or your business or your law firm. And in that, it has to be the right tone of voice, the story, all of it. And that is being consistent in the way you message, handle your content, index your content. To me, it's all part and parcel. It's all one big thing. And that's because if it's done right, then it's just a matter of maintenance, making sure you stay ahead of the curve, but you still continue doing what's working. And to me, that's, again, one one particular thing. I know it's a lot, and I know you like to separate them, Liel, but to me, that's why it's one thing. You need to be consistent and just make sure that you're planning for the future together with the consistency that you have to plan in it. Yeah, and I agree with you, Grace. I think it's a good point, and I particularly like to focus on the focus on the on, on on the here and now, right? On your current traffic, look look at that, and and start your enhancements from there, right? So uh, don't take for granted anything that is happening right now, and assume that that's there, and try to build on top of that. You actually need to integrate from where you currently are and make your site, your content evolve over time to where things are heading, more so than just scrapping a line and say, okay, from here on, we're gonna start doing things this way because that's what's next. It's, it's, it, it needs to be more a seamless transition, okay? So that's a really good point, Grace. What would you make your point number two? I'd make my point number two, pay attention to the way con content is being served up. For, to the user, you know, like yeah. the, the, the special snippets, go take a look at snippets, see how they're written, see what basically attracts Google to help with those. And you can start creating content somewhat based on that in a way so that you understand why Google is pulling that out. I mean, it obviously needs to be consistent, part of your plan, just like we just said before. But I think if you take a look at a couple of featured snippets, it'll help you understand why Google is serving up that content. Besides the fact that it's also good for your marketing team to just kind of look at that stuff as it, you continue along and creating your plans, because what's working now, it's what's working now, right? So yeah. if you look at a feature snippet from a competitor or something like that, that's going to help you determine how to craft your content as well. Yeah, Grace, there is actually a lot of very sophisticated tools, right? And not so sophisticated tools that you can use to actually get this kind of insights. But it doesn't have to be 
always so technical and so planned and rehearsed and hired someone that's going to help us out. Thank like, you for putting it what I was thinking. That's exactly you can, what I was thinking. You can, you can just be a user and do your research from that standpoint and it's perfectly fine and you're going to get very valuable insights, right? Like that's another thing that has come up in this podcast so many times. Like you can already figure out what Google wants to see on a website that's going to be ranking on position number one by just going and checking out the website that is currently ranking on position number one for the search terms that you care, right? And that's a great starting point. It doesn't mean that just by seeing that you're going to be able to then go ahead and replicate it, but you're going to be able to take some cues and start with some planning. And then from that point on, start building up a plan and a strategy to get there, right? And as we were saying just a few minutes ago on point number one, how can you take that and even make it better? How can you actually integrate to what you've just saw is currently ranking on position one, position two, or on the page number one, and then also take into consideration also other trends and other features that Google is focusing on more so or indicating they have intentions on focusing more over the next period of time. So I think that's a great way to go about it, Grace. Just keep it simple. Do your own research. You're a user. That's all you have to do to be able to understand and discover what's going on in Google. Grace, we have one more takeaway. So this is... Uh, half a takeaway and half a, I guess, think and think about it a little, right? And that's AI. If you haven't dabbled in it, if you haven't thought about it, you haven't dealt with it just yet, take a look. I mean, chatbots are, you know, they're here, they're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. People have that as a method of communication that they prefer. So particularly, honestly, sensitive subjects like BSA, you're right. Boy Scouts is a super sensitive subject. I have found that a lot of people would much rather fill out an online chatbot form, something like that, than actually have to talk to somebody about what they went through because it's a sensitive subject. So for me, it's the last thing that I want to tell everybody. And the last takeaway is don't forget about AI. And if you haven't thought about it or introduced it to your company in some shape or form, you need to think about doing that because that is a preferred method of communication or has become a preferred method of communication, particularly for law firms and certain injuries that might be sensitive in their nature. Yeah, absolutely, Grace. So I, I will always, every time when we talk and, and um, introduce the idea of using AI automation as a way to improve our marketing strategy, our operations, I definitely see them as ways that we can reduce or minimize uh, errors, right? And we can also create more time for the team to concentrate on other tasks that actually do require more of their personal or human input to things, right? So I don't think that fully relying on any kind of AI or automated tool is the answer for really anything. No. I do think though, however, that there is a lot of value and power that you can actually, that you can gain by integrating these tools in a way that you are using them to complement and make some tasks and activities a little bit less time consuming. And, you know, things are going to continue to improve over time and this technology will potentially become as good as the 
tasks and activities that we are doing right now when it comes down to content creation. But as of now, that's really not the case. I don't want people to go out with the impression that, oh, I will never going to have to write a blog post because really? I, can now, I can now get a machine to do it for me. Um, I think we're not at that no. point there. I, I think there is still a lot of uh, attention to detail and personalization that needs to go into that, particular, particularly because of that, what we said in this episode and many others is you want to stand out. You don't want to have cookie cutter experiences. Well, and and, Google and, is still doing that, by the way. They still have teams and teams of people oh, all yeah. over the world looking at the language for AI to feed it back in and for it to understand the semantic language. So it, it we will never... Never yeah. completely eliminate the human element, particularly for personal injury. You know, somebody wants to talk to somebody and they have the right yeah. to, right? So I, I, I absolutely think so, Grace. So um, for as long as we are in a business where we are dealing with people and helping people, you know, you're not going to be able to take the people completely out of the equation. Right. Yes. And 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 when you do, you're 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 just you're just limiting the the quality of experience that you that you're able to provide. And I think, you know, some people do that conscious decision and can still sustain and make their business be uh, profitable. I think, you know, there's a lot of value in retaining a lot of human element, uh, particularly, I mean, without a doubt, when it comes down to uh, content creation race. We can go on and talk about this for another hour at least, mm -hmm. but I think we are going to be back next week and just do another conversation on legal marketing. Okay. I'm with it. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Grace. Have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye -bye. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your coworkers, leave us a review and send us your questions at ask at incamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.